Welcome to Rama for Today Radio. But, like I said, every church I went to except that one where I put out a fleece and got fleeced, I didn't miss God on one of them. Amen. Well, now, if he called you to do something else, why do he want to let you do that? Well, now, if he called Barnabas and Saul to do something else, why do he want to leave them over here and have them to minister just as a teacher and a prophet then? No, there's going to be a proving time. God's going to prove you out before he promotes you to another office. Amen. That's the reason some people never got into the call that God had for them. You're listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. Today we continue this series, The Gifts and Callings of God by Kenneth E. Hagan. Stay tuned as we listen to this powerful, timeless teaching. Also, later in today's program, I'll give you the details on this month's special offer. Right now, here's Kenneth E. Hagan's classic message. Somebody said, well, then I guess you just missed God all those years. Now stop and think just a minute here. Go back to that 13th chapter of Acts. Now they were in the church at Antioch, certain prophets and teachers, such as, mentions the names of five, begins with Barnabas and ends with Saul. Now notice that they are teachers. All of them are either a teacher or a prophet, or a teacher and a prophet. Amen? And yet they haven't gotten the call that God called them to yet. Isn't that right? I said, isn't that right? No, God will take you through a learning process. And you'll have to learn before you move on up to another office or to maybe even the full calling of God upon your life. And so uh, the Lord said to me, your problem is I didn't call you to pastor. But yet every church I pastored but one, the Lord told me to take it. One of them. I didn't hear much about it in Baptist. See, I started out Baptist. We all got baptized with the Holy Ghost. So I guess we became Baptist Costals. <laughs> but anyway, I got over in Pentecostal circles, and I heard them talking about putting out a fleece. And so I was pastor of a church in the black land of north central Texas, but further east in Texas, in the sandy land of East Texas, oil field, church came open. They invited me to come preach and wanted me to become pastor. So I was driving home after church, and I said, Lord, I'm on, well, I heard these Pentecostals talking about putting out fleeces. I'm going to put out a fleece. Now, if they elect me, they had a general election. If they elect me 100%, that's my fleece, you see. I've got to get every vote. Then I consider it the will of God. They elected me 100% and missed God 100%. I got every vote. Amen. That was so miserable in my lifetime. But now, for instance, this very church, this very church where I was at this time when I was praying, and the Lord said, never called your pastor to begin with. I was holding a meeting in South Texas, and uh, every day the pastor, his brother also was a minister, was there visiting him. And we only had night services, but the pastor and myself and his brother would meet about 1 or 1.30 each afternoon and spend some time in prayer, praying about the meeting. And so they'd ask me if I had prayed about Van. That's where we were as pastor. I said, no, I haven't prayed about it. 
Well, when are you going to? I said, I don't know. I said, it won't. I, I, I like what I'm doing, holding meetings. And so I said, it won't hurt me to go by there and preach. I just set up an appointment to go by and preach on Wednesday night. I may not even know till I get in the pulpit what God's will is. But I said, I haven't prayed about it. I'm praying about this meeting, concentrating on this. But they'd ask me every day. And so we met the third week on Thursday, the third week of the meeting. We're going to close Sunday night. Monday, I'm going up East Texas and preach on Wednesday night at this church. And so they asked me again, have you prayed about Van? I said, no, I haven't prayed about Van. I don't even know whether I am or not. Amen. And so uh, they got, pastor got a call. One of his parishioners had been rushed to the hospital. So his brother went along with him. And I remember I walked down the aisle out there in the church by myself. And I got back there. And if, if you're up here in front, that's the back of the church. If you're coming in, that's the front. <laughs> And so I just sort of leaned back on a pew. It had pews into the chairs, you know, just sort of leaned back on. I said, Lord, I guess I ought to pray about Van, maybe. I mean, you know, it's all right with me. I like what I'm doing, holding these meetings. See, I'd been holding meetings for a couple of years. I like that. And it'd be all right for me to stay right here. But now whatever you want. And I mean, just as real as some man standing there and talking to you, he said to me, I heard it. I heard these words. You're the next pastor at Van, and that's the last church that you'll ever pastor. Well, he was certainly right about that. Amen. I haven't pastored anymore. <laughs> Amen. But, like I said, every church I went to except that one where I put out a fleece and got fleeced, I didn't miss God on one of them. Amen. Well, now, if he called you to do something else, why do he want to let you do that? Well, now, if he called Barnabas and Saul to do something else, why do he want to leave them over here and have them to minister just as a teacher and a prophet then? No, there's going to be a proving time. God's going to prove you out before he promotes you to another office. Amen. That's the reason some people never got into the call that God had for them. Amen. Hallelujah. So then I said, Lord, what, uh, you know, uh, I saw to a certain extent what he wanted me to do, you know, go out on the field and field ministry. We called it holding revival meetings. And so I said, Lord, now, you know, this is you, and I know it is, and I'm not asking for a fleece. I'm just asking for a confirmation. Now, see, I was pastor, had been, like I said, for these years. Once in a while, you'd go hold a revival for somebody, maybe once a year. But you're not known as an evangelist or not known with a field ministry. But I said, if that's you, which it is, just, just uh, send the calls in. You know, within a month's time, I got 19 calls. I hadn't got 19 calls over 10 years. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. And then, I was still pastor. And one of these calls, just before I left my last church, I preached a revival meeting. And in the, during that revival meeting, they had a sectional in the Pentecostal group that I was with, had a youth rally. And, uh, and remember, in those days, I'm only 32 or 33. And so uh, they asked me to speak. 
Well, I began to speak, but you know, Peter made an important statement in the third chapter of Acts when he and John going into the temple through the gate called Beautiful, and they encountered this lame man who was set there daily begging alms, who fast his eyes upon Peter and John and asked for an alms. Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. Such as I have give I thee. Whether you realize it or not, that's what you'll give people is what you have. If you're all confused, that's what you'll give people is confusion. Amen. Whatever you got. Well, I had all this on my heart. And you see, the leaders, the leaders of the movement were their men of stature. And so I just said to them, if God, you know, there's just one Holy Ghost. He's not twins. Now, you brethren have the same Holy Ghost I have. If God called me, you know it. And if he didn't call me, you know it. And I began to share with them. And the pastor of the church got up and began to prophesy. And he prophesied that, uh, that God had called me and placed his spirit upon me. And, and so the main man then said, now my brother, in the early days the movement was called a prophet. And the Bible said, let the prophet speak and the others judge. And he turned to him. He said, it's the Lord. And so the man asked the brethren to come and said, this lay hands on Brother Hagin and send him out. And this main leader's wife had an incurable condition in her body. And as they laid hands upon me, the word of the Lord came unto me saying, call his wife up here when they get through praying. Call his wife up here and lay your hands on her and I'll heal her. And this is a sign. You know, sometimes God does things as a sign. This is a sign unto you and unto them that I've called you and anointed you into such a ministry. I called her up. She's instantly healed. Instantly healed. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The Lord is good, isn't he? Amen. Once in a while, I, I wish it would happen more often. Somebody said, well, if you did this, why don't you do that? I didn't do that. The Holy Ghost did that through me. I didn't do it. But I was in a meeting in Oklahoma several years later, and uh, I saw these five gentlemen, well-dressed, nice-looking, sitting on a pew here to my right, about five seats back. And I just said to the Lord, as I came in, I'd come in about time they'd turn the service to me. I wonder who they are. On the inside of me, the Holy Ghost said, they are so-called ministers from such and such a church, and I want you to change your subject. Amen. Now, they had challenged us to debate. I didn't know that. I didn't, they hadn't been in the service. They put an ad in the paper, $1,000 reward. If you can prove anybody got healed in the local meetings going on. On the radio, even attacked us. And so I took my text and I began to preach. And one time I could quote the biggest part of the New Testament. And the, uh, the, the associate pastor said, I thought you was going to quote the whole New Testament. I said to him, I'm a stickler for the New Testament. Problem with some folks is they claim to be in lie about it, and I actually do it. I said, somebody said, well, why don't you heal everybody like Jesus did? I said, he didn't. One of these fellows jumped up. He's going to challenge me right there. One on either side pulled him back down because they didn't want him to interrupt the church service. You'd get in trouble, you know. 
And so I had them to turn to Mark, the sixth chapter and the fifth verse, where it said Jesus could there in his hometown do no mighty work. Save he laid his hands on a few. I wish you could have seen their faces when they read that. They told me later we didn't know that was in there. You're listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. Call now to get this month's special offer, The Destiny Package, featuring the books, I Cannot Be Defeated and I Will Not Quit, and How to Fulfill Your Divine Destiny, both by Ken Hagan. Plus, The Gifts and Callings of God, three CDs by Kenneth E. Hagan. All three resources for just $34.95. Call now, 1-888-FAITH-99. Don't delay. Get this powerful destiny package today. Call 1-888-FAITH-99. That's 1-888-FAITH-99. Or if you prefer, write Kenneth Hagen Ministries. Our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. Don't forget, for faster service, order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. Now, let's join Ken and Lynette Hagen. International Rhema Day. That is too. Is Sunday. This weekend, this yes. Weekend. This weekend, and yes. And you say, well, what is International Rhema Day? Well, that's to partner with Rhema to pray for the staff and the students of our schools all over the world. Yes. They're all over the world. And then participate in supporting the home base, mm-hmm. Rama Bible Training College USA, with a special gift on International Rama Day. Yes. And then the third thing International Rama Day is about is to share RBTC, Rama Bible Training College, College. in the U.S. with others that might want to come to Rama. You can go to rama.org slash IRD and you can give your gift right there, right online. So thank you for helping us. Tomorrow on Rama for Today, we continue with the teaching by Kenneth E. Hagan, The Gifts and Callings of God. Thanks for listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan.